0: Oh, let's go. I'm just, I'm warning you, this is going to happen all day today. What just happened in the crossover with Toby when I wished him a safe trip to Tulsa. And, number one, he had made a trip to Tulsa yesterday. But the, the, the caravan isn't until tomorrow, which is a Thursday. Which is also when a majority of our conversation today will center around the draft and the prospects of some OU and Tulsa, some OSU guys, some Big 12 guys throughout the show, including, I mean, maybe a scenario where two Big 12 guys can go in the first round. I'll get to that. So the draft is tomorrow, which is a Thursday. We're at Caven's Construction, which is where we typically are on a Thursday. So just prepare yourself for a whole lot of, me trying to fast forward to tomorrow, this reality of it, welcome in, busy Thursday edition, or ah, busy Wednesday edition, which will feel like a Thursday, um, I've got so much draft stuff to get to, I don't even know where to start, but I was asking TJ this before we went on the air, just a, a quick little aside, not to get too carried away, I know that it's probably topic number one in most NBA cities. But I asked T.J. Perry, and he said no. So I want to ask Josh Helmer as we kick off the Plank Show on a Wednesday. Do the atmospheres in, say, Memphis, what we saw in New Orleans-Phoenix last night, what we've seen in Minnesota, do they have you feel a little bit nostalgic for Loud City and and big-time OKC? I mean... It's been three years, dude. It's been a minute. This has not been a – well, I guess maybe I'm even being melodramatic. It's been two years. <laughs> but, I mean, isn't there a point where, you know, kind of like, okay, we're it's it's time to get back to this. Are you feeling nostalgic at all, Josh, for the good days of old from the Thunder?
1: <laughs> yeah. You see what Minnesota okay. and Memphis and some of these other teams are doing and – Yeah, you you want playoff basketball Uh back, and
0: we'll (laughs) see. I knocked off already. Sorry. I completely lost you as soon as you started talking, and I was like, we are off to a fantastic start with this piece of equipment today, which would totally be my fault. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) The feeling of nostalgia. I think I'm good now.
1: Well, first off, good morning. It's great to be with you. Good morning. As always. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously you want playoff basketball back, and seeing some of these, like a team like Memphis, too, that now has John Morant, and you think back to some of those wars that were waged between Oklahoma City and Memphis in the playoffs and seeing them, you know, be in the spot that they're in, you want that for Oklahoma City. We'll see. I mean, things can change quickly here if this draft is a success for Oklahoma City. They could be not very far off if they hit on both of these two lottery draft picks. Mm-hmm. I'm just – I was just feeling
0: some sort of way watching the Grizzlies last night, watching a team that was – I mean, listen, I, I don't want to necessarily ever say tanking for the Grizz, but they were kind of in the tank for a while, and it's not just Ja Morant. I mean, that's a good basketball team. They came in as the two seed to the playoffs. So, we'll, we'll get to it in the top five stories of the day. Were you in last night? Did you – were you all in on T-Wolves – and uh, a Grizz or no?
1: No, I was, uh, again, broadcasting Crosstown Clash Baseball. So by the time I got oh. home, recorded an episode of a podcast, I was like, yeah, I'm done on <laughs> yeah, I'm done today.
0: I'm done. <laughs> Tapping out. But, yeah, it's it's been fun to follow. It, it really has been. All right, uh, softball, we're going to talk a little bit about the trip to Kansas City and what it means for the Sooners in all reality, uh, you're looking at a situation that's hopefully, you know, going to continue to set up that final weekend of the season bedlam for the Big 12 championship game. Can't stub your toe here. Play as well as you did against um, Iowa State in games two and three, and and you're fine. I mean, there's there's no one that's going to stop you. So we'll get to that coming up a bit. Um, Things that I will click on every time I see them, any kind of bracketology – Joey Helmer updated his bracketology. Now this is one thing that that I'm really going to struggle with, Josh. Uh, I usually talk to Joey's in the final hour of the show when I'm at Cavin's. You'll talk to him in the final hour of the show tomorrow. But yeah, um, not, um, not 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 really going to i really going to be too happy with missing out on the opportunity to talk to Joey tomorrow about his updated bracketology for softball. So you got, and you got Kendall Rogers bracketology coming up here at noon. So you've got two opportunities to kind of gauge where Oklahoma is. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any question right now. Number one, number one overall seed for OU, Norman Regional. The question is looking around, uh, who gets sent here, and then who's your opposite on the super regional side of things. If you're one, who's going to be that 16? If you're, um, if maybe in your regional you're going to have maybe a pretty good mid major might a middle-of-the-road major squad that has some pop end up in Norman, like a like a Nebraska or maybe even a Michigan. So we'll we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on in the show. But you know where my mind is right now, Josh. You know I'm eating up with it. It's, it's all I can think about or talk about, and I won't lie. It's taken me a minute to get here. NFL draft. The NFL draft tomorrow. Now, I think a lot of this depends on your allegiances, right? Raiders don't have a first-round pick. There's not a kind of a sexy pick at the top of the draft, so naturally maybe I'm not as invested as I typically am. You, on the other hand, your team has multiple first-round picks, and they're in a – I mean, pick gathering in the second and third rounds as well in this Tyreek Hill deal. I mean, is this about as excited and as engaged as a Chiefs fan that you've been in the draft recently? I know work – I know covering uh Lindenbaum and, and Iowa has 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 kept you busy, but have you allowed yourself to immerse in the excitement for your Chiefs over the next few days?
1: Of course, man. Yeah, I'm fired up. I can't wait to see what they do in the first three rounds, particularly. I'm really hoping. I know that there's been discussion from you and some other folks up you know out there that Maybe Kansas City packages those two first-round picks and turns it into one to move up to go get a wide receiver that they really like. I'd rather just use both picks at the end of the first round. I think right now Kansas City has more holes than we think, and so they need to plug some of those holes and get some players here with a couple of couple selections here at the end of the first round. So Defensive back help could be uh, an obvious direction that they go. W- wide receiver, depending on what happens with – the rest of the teams who they take off the board, wide receiver could be an option for Kansas City as well. So, man, when, you, when you've when you got a couple of picks in the first round, of course you're more excited. So, you, you don't like
0: my projection for KC, do you? No. You hey, don't like the idea of, the, of them making a move to go up and get a wide receiver? Absolutely not. It, it, Why, is this a very split
1: topic amongst the kingdom right now? Probably so. Yeah, I, I would say that that a lot of people feel like I do, which is just stay where you're at and get quantity, baby.
0: (laughs) There's a funny line we could throw in there. But to me, I am – I just – I think about the way they've operated, right? What did they do when they saw Patrick Mahomes, when Andy Reid saw Mahomes and realized what he had and what he could do with him? They moved up to go get him. I can't help but wonder if Jamison Williams isn't that dude when it comes to the Chiefs. And I can't help but wonder, Josh, if when the market started to heat up a little bit for Tyreek Hill, if they didn't realize it was okay to move him because of something they saw with Williams. Now, this is me. It could be Olave. Did I just say Olave? What kind of hick am I? It could be Olave. It could be his teammate, Garrett Wilson. It could be Drake London. I don't know. But just I get the sense that part of the reason they were opening uh, – open a deal, Tyreek, is that they they had a guy that they really liked.
1: Oh, I think that there's – And I think they'll go get him. I, I think there's a good chance that you could be right on the money with what Kansas City's thinking. <laughs> I'm just not crazy about dealing picks again to go move up. I <laughs> – I mean, for Patrick Mahomes to get your quarterback of the future, okay, that makes sense why, why you're trying to move up in the NFL draft. Right now where Kansas City's at, draft capital is draft capital. You, you need to make the most of these assets. You can't just wheel and deal them like they don't matter anymore because you've got Patrick Mahomes' money coming into play here very, very shortly. So that's sort of where I'm at on it. But, hey, if you identify somebody you really like and you go up and get them and you hit on the draft pick, then all's all's forgotten and all's forgiven.
0: I've got a couple of dudes here that I'm very intrigued by for your Chiefs that I want to talk about later. Three guarantees, okay? Three guarantees, blood bank guarantees. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but I don't know. who is that a Clay Travis thing? Is that where I heard that? Take it to the bank. Um, I think your boys are moving. I think they're moving up. I think they – They'll find a dude they want, and they'll go get him. I think mean, the Chiefs will be on the move. I think there'll be a quarterback go somewhere we don't expect a quarterback to go. I don't think New Orleans gets a second pick in this draft unless they really like the quarterback. And I think the Saints are going to go get a quarterback. I think the Titans are going to go get a quarterback. Um, and, and for Tennessee, it might be a situation where they move down and feel like they can get a guy, or you know, maybe get a little aggressive. Maybe they see, oh – X player if it's Pickett or Malik Willis go off the board, we got to move up. We got to go make sure we don't lose out on Ritter or whomever it might be. So I think another team is going to take a quarterback that might surprise us, and I think Tennessee could be that team. And then the third thing I guarantee that's going to happen tomorrow, Josh, third, Kayvon Thibodeau is not getting past number five. I've got him going number two in my mock. I think he's that good. All right, so – A lot of wide receivers, a lot of wide receivers, a lot of early offensive tackles, and I've got potential landing spots for the Sooner guys. In fact, I went through all the seven data mock drafts I could find, and I did find one that had Gabe Berkich getting drafted. So there is that on this Wednesday. Busy edition of the Plank Show. Uh, Gary Cavins, we're here at Cavins on a Wednesday, unique for us. He's going to join us coming up next. And... We'll go through the mock draft at 10 a.m. this morning. I feel like there's a whole hour we could do on Mark Emritz. I guess you could say retirement, stepping down, getting fired. But I don't – I get tired when I hear the same names thrown out over and over and over. Let's – whenever it comes to finding the next president, let's just – Let's change the whole mindset of what a president needs to look like for the NCAA. Not the case. Same names being thrown out all the time. We'll get into that on a busy edition of The Plank Show. All right, The Plank Show rolls on on a Wednesday. Got it right. We're at Cavins. Gary Cavins joins us. How are you, man? Good. I'm doing outstanding. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm battling allergies for some reason today.
2: Yeah, it's the. I am too.
0: I, I don't know why. I don't know where it came from, but we'll uh we'll work through it. Now, last week was kind of cool. We had the uh, Hertz Donuts guys yes. on with us, and they're booming, man, and it looks Boomin. awesome. Yeah, it right, does. T- take me through that project it and what it was amazing. like to work on it. it-
2: It looks amazing in there. And uh, Chris, the owner, he is just an amazing guy. He's uh, great to work with, and he's just outstanding. That's all I can say. He's outstanding. He's got a
0: vision, and he knows what he wants, and he goes after it. You had said, and I thought this was really cool because sometimes this can be good, sometimes it can be bad, to where he'll have some things, and he says, you know, I want to do that, and then he'll say, but I need your help on this. That's a really cool relationship, Gary, to have with someone where they have the confidence and want to try something, but no, all right, I've got – the pros here to make sure everything comes together like it should. That's
2: what that's what we're here for. You know, we're a one-stop shop. Um, you know, Chris knew knew our phone number very well, and every time he thought wanted something different, you know, he'd give us a call. He had a uh, last week on Friday. He had hook up, he wanted to hook up another fryer, so we went out there. Our plumbing division went out there and hooked up another fryer for him. Got him good to go, ready to go for Saturday.
0: It was hopping, man. I was I was so floored, and it just. If you haven't been, go check yes. it out because it's a completely different world. And honestly, I thought it was kind of – I mean, I thought it was kind of cool before. And you walk in there, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is great. Totally different. Totally different. Blown away whenever I walked in there. Uh, and then Berry was – well, <laughs> I was driving by and watching it hop on Campus corner. It's nice to see um, a renovation like Kurtz has had, businesses like that coming in. I know this might sound corny to some, but – Gary, you're part of the community, you're ingrained in this community, and projects like that, bringing new businesses to town, rejuvenating businesses that have been here, that that's part of really rejuvenating the community and, and making Campus Corner vibrant again.
2: It is, it is, and we truly enjoy being part of that process. We've been on Campus Corner for, you know, uh, many, many years now, and, you know, we just really enjoy working on Campus Corner with the owners that ha- own Campus Corner and, um we just really enjoy that process and and helping um these individuals that are you know leasing these spaces and developing their businesses their dreams right. basically um making them happen and you know it's a, that's a fun process being part of somebody's somebody that's making their dream a reality yeah it really really is um you know and there's not a part of campus corner that we haven't touched in one way shape or form we've done projects over there um from cross cannon brewery to uh pinkberry uh we've worked done several little projects at louis on campus corner we've done several projects at um um, starbucks on campus corner the boomer building we've done several projects there you know and um Hertz Donuts, and just the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, Campus Corner's just been um, great for us, and we've been able to take those older buildings and renovate them properly and uh, make some great changes and help some people make their dreams reality.
0: Looks awesome over there. Gary Cavins is with us, Cavins Construction, online at Um But the, the the part that I feel like I don't give enough attention to that we need to talk about a lot from – here in OKC to Norman to Tulsa well, here in Norman to OKC to Tulsa to Dallas the commercial maintenance is such a big deal because you take a a major weight off of business owners or a, a property owners or a company shoulders
2: that's correct you know we're one stop shop for your facility building maintenance um, you know you got HVAC problems give us a call you got plumbing problems give us a call you got electrical problems give us a call um you know, and acoustical ceilings that are falling, we've had, you know, we had a call last week where acoustical ceiling was falling at a bank on a teller line. We had to go and secure it oh and get it repaired, um, you know, and doors not working properly. That's a very common call that we get, um, you know, helping fix these commercial doors and, um, you know, and then drywall repairs, paint touch-ups, flooring repairs um you know just all kinds of things like that you know and our guys are great they do an outstanding job uh, whether they're in tulsa dallas or norman or oklahoma city edmond um, and you know we're proud of our maintenance staff they've uh, they do continuing education every week and continue to develop their skills and develop their abilities and they just do great and you know chris got an opportunity to meet a lot of them throughout his projects with uh, t- little updates and stuff like that that, you know, happened. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and everybody that works with our maintenance team just really enjoys working with them. They're a great group uh, that's available 24-7, 365, um, and they just do an amazing job whenever you
0: need them. And, by the way, that phone number in OKC Norman, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. And in Dallas, nine four five two three zero zero two three four. I'll let you go on this. I saw emergency water restrictions. You guys have a flood. Something happens. You never want to have an, an emergency strike, but you're here to help if indeed that happens. I saw you guys posted a video or a picture on Facebook where you had one. What just this last weekend? Maybe it was the week before, but that's something you can do that really is is an indication of. Full service, 24-7, 365.
2: That's right. You know, if you haven't checked out our website, cavensconstruction.com, you should. But you can also follow us on Twitter, Twitter. Facebook and Instagram, too, and kind of see what we're up to on a day-to-day basis. Um, Water extraction, structural drying, environmental is an important part of what we do. Um, We've gone through many, many, many hours of training and development um, with uh, mold remediation, water extraction, structural drying, and we actually work on development and training weekly on those items uh, to continue to um, home in the skills of our environmental team and what they do and make sure that they're at the top of their game when something happens because when your house floods they need to be on their top of their game. Get there as quick as possible, so they limit the damage and help you get your place put back as quickly as possible. In um, a lot of cases, you know, we can get in there and remediate the pro- the project within you know three days on a water loss. Get it structurally dried out and everything. Three to four days, and you know we're ready to build it back faster than the insurance is ready for us to build it back. <laughs> give us awesome. approval. So you know, and, and that's a process. And and you know the great thing is is we can work with your insurance company. Jessica L is excellent at working with the insurance companies on the water losses. You know Chris Smith takes care of the roofing and dealing with the insurance company on the roofing and Amanda the office manager. But Jessica L takes care of uh, the water losses and the mold and that stuff with the insurance company. So we have team members that can work with your insurance company and help divide, you know help get through that process. And then we also have relationships with public adjusters and stuff mm-hmm. like that too that if you know your insurance company doesn't really want to do what they're supposed To. We have people that we can team up with and work with you and them and help get that pushed across the finish line. So it's a great deal. Uh, But Strutt, you know, if you have a water loss, we're the company to call because we have our own in house plumbers, plumbing division. They can come in, they can find out what's going on, they can resolve the issue, get the water shut off, and then our trained environmental department can come in structural dry everything out water extract and then our construction team can come in and do the build back that's a one-stop shop there is not another remediation company in the state of oklahoma that has that one-stop shop with that ability um, so that's why you should give us a call right there
0: CavensConstruction.com. i'm in i'm in let's do it thanks gary we'll talk to you again next week man appreciate you being flexible with us too that's gary Cavens. we're doing timeout. When we I'm turning myself off. When we come back to the Plank Show, um, let's hit a couple of OU Sooner draft notes. Good stuff, Gary. The crew is here, man. Look, the dogs are all fired up now. CavinsConstruction.com. When we come back, let's talk some OU Sooners in the NFL draft next right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. (laughs) Dude, I'm sitting here fighting with my uh, volume knob because I've... I've plugged into a different outlet, so I've been turning up and down the wrong one. It's like, what is going on here? <laughs> I, I, was, I was telling TJ about our story from yesterday <laughs> whenever JT's line dropped. And uh, I had turned my mic off in studio, and it sounded like we'd lost power in the studio. And I'm looking at you, and you just turn your mic. I'm like, I hear Josh. And I realize, oh, my mic is muted.
1: And meanwhile, it just happened to coincide. Perfectly with Coach D'Antecess phone clicking because off.
0: Because w- when when it clicked off, it didn't sound like your normal drop, right? Usually, be like, "Oh, oh we're we're fighting through this cell. We're not going to make it." But literally, it was just like a gone. I'm like, "Oh no, something blew. We're in trouble."
1: Yeah, when uh, folks hang up on the air or lose cell reception on the air, it always it's oh. always that like clicking noise, like click.
0: Let me let me pose this. Um, it's the Plank Show on a Wednesday. We're on the road to Cavens, Conday, uh, Caven's Construction today. Nine. Uh, why why not I just give the time like five times? Nine thirty-five on a Wednesday. I have so many nerdy draft points I want to get to. Right? I just. I mean, I want to talk about the Carolina to limit six and what it means for the future of Matt Rule because I'm fascinated by the amount of. Potential they have with what their owner wants to do. And what I think is a pretty good fan base. Not not great. Not elite. Pretty good. Um, I'm fascinated by what happens at six. I could lose my mind talking about the quarterback dilemma right now. And whether or not it's a reality that many of these teams, Houston, maybe Philadelphia, who has some draft capital next year now, even more so, I, I mean – I don't want to get to them, but maybe the Giants. You know, could they be looking to next year's quarterback class and saying, "Huh, huh? If I, if I, if I just wait till next year, and if I can build an offensive line, C.J. Stroud might be there, or Bryce Young might be there. I don't know how he's viewed by by scouts quite yet, but I just, I, I wonder if that creeps into people's minds. But every time I do that, and every time I think about wanting to go in depth on that. I ask myself this question. We kind of touched on it off the top for selfish reasons, right? Obviously, the Raiders have no picks until the third round. The Chiefs have two first-round picks. What, do you guys have two seconds this year, too? Is that right?
1: Uh, that sounds that sounds accurate, Well, at the very maybe. least,
0: if it's not two seconds, it's two-thirds. I don't know off the top of my head. But you've got a bevy of picks. So on selfish – from a selfish fan perspective – more reason for Josh to be juiced and an understandable maybe lack of buzz on my end, even though I love the draft. I feel like, though, as a whole, there's been a general disinterest. And and maybe that's, that's too strong of a term. Because it's not disinterest. It is a true lack of energy, passion, or real care for the draft. And I mean, you guys can help me out on the air comfort solutions, text line 405-651-3439. You can tell me I'm crazy and that you're all in and this is a mirage. Like when you look at an outfield and you say, is there more room in that outfield than there really is? And you realize, no, there's not. But for some reason, the walls might be taller or the fence might be longer. Regardless, it's an optical illusion. Is this an optical illusion on my end? Do I want to talk about drafts so much that I've almost psyched myself out to say, well, you know, you can calm down this year because everyone else is down? Or is it, is it maybe the lack of a superstar being at the top five of this draft, right? We're not talking about someone getting drafted that has been a, a Sports Illustrated cover boy, if that's still a big thing to you, a – National championship quarterback and/or Heisman Trophy winning quarterback that's getting drafted. I mean, it's. I think it's fair to say, Josh, right, that there's a little less excitement and buzz than we felt. Yeah, as a whole,
1: there's just not the same hype around this quarterback draft class, which. And that's it, right? W- when that's the case, it, it does take a lot away from you know how the draft is being talked about in some ways. I mean, I think Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau both have a chance to be superstar edge rushers in the National Football League. Uh, either one of those two guys. Evan Neal has a chance to be a longtime offensive tackle. Who's, uh, who's the other tackle uh, from Mississippi State that people like? Charles Cross? Yeah,
0: I, 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 I never, well, Mississippi State is the one that, that I have going very high in the draft. And there is also Ike Kwanu, the kid out of North Carolina State, too
1: but those don't you know offensive tackles don't generate buzz and excitement it's a great pick for your franchise if you draft an offensive tackle and it could be a franchise altering pick for you for a long you know long time into the future but again that's not a wide receiver that's not a quarterback it's not a running back it's you know not not a linebacker it's not an edge rusher it's not going to generate the same type of excitement that some of those picks uh those other picks would but all of which tells me that probably Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter they'll all be superstars since nobody they'll be rock stars.
0: <laughs> Sam Howell's gonna end up going in the third round and, and start in year two wherever he ends up. Right? Suddenly, uh, what uh, Bailey Zappi is gonna be a guy that ends up becoming a rock star in this league because it's always the class where you don't expect. We're out of nowhere. Whoa! Hey, I, I mean. You think about, you, you, you and I were, if it wasn't us, Arnie and I were debating it on Sunday night, for the most part, you could say in the last five years, four of the five teams have hit absolute home runs with their number one overall pick, right? I mean, and again, we'll still see, we'll still see with um, Trevor Lawrence, I think we all feel pretty good about it though, right? There's Joe Burrow that's in there for Cincinnati. I think people are feeling pretty good about Joe Burrow in Cincinnati right now. Kyler to Arizona. Yeah, of course, you have the the issue that's going on right now in Arizona with his contract. But I think if you were to do the 2018 NFL draft over again, Josh, I'm sure there could be a debate made for Nick Bosa. But if people are going to Dean Kyler Murray and saying that he's, he's a health risk when he's missed four starts, look at the games Nick Bosa has missed in his career. And he's like a Greek god. So easy on that front. But, I, again, I would think to do it over again, you would still get number one overall Kyler Murray in 18, right?
1: Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, Kyler's done nothing to show that he's not a long, long long-term star type quarterback in the national football league.
0: Yeah. And then of course with Baker in 17, maybe, maybe you would have done things a little bit differently. If you're Cleveland, I Mm may, maybe if you think about that 17 draft, I mean, Baker wasn't the only Wait, Did I say 17? I'm sorry. 18 draft. Um, Baker wasn't the only quarterback. Did I am I getting pushing my years ahead? Hold on here. 20 21 Trevor Lawrence 20 Joe Burrow 19 Oh, 19's Kyler. Yep. Eight, 18's Baker. Correct. And then uh 17 was Miles Garrett. Yeah, Miles Garrett. So, I mean again, I think outside of a debate where Maybe Patrick Mahomes should have gone number one, number one in that draft, or Deshaun Watson, for that matter. Maybe Josh, you would say that of the last five number one overall picks, four of the five guys have proven to be franchise guys. Now, you go back and and you look at the five years prior to that. Oh no, the same thing can be said. I mean, Jared Goff went number one in. 2016 yes he went to Super Bowl but I don't know if that's necessarily a home run Jameis Winston went number one overall to Tampa Bay in 15 uh Jadavian Clowney went number one overall to Houston in 14 in a draft that featured uh Khalil Mack and Taylor Lewan and Aaron Donald and other big names yikes <laughs> so that's and again Everyone loved – if they would have taken anyone but Jadavian Clowney at number one, they would have been clowned forever. But they would have won in the long run. Uh, 13, Eric Fisher went number one overall in the draft. That was a bad draft. Um, that was a draft when that reminds me a lot of this year's draft where you didn't have a quarterback go until what? Was that E.J. Manuel's year when he got drafted in the first round? Uh, yeah, E.J. Manuel went 16th to the – Buffalo Bills, and then, of course, you go back to 12, and that's Andrew Luck, and we can debate that because he had a great run, but he did retire early. I I guess my point I'm making, this is odd because for the most part, outside of the Baker-Brown relationship, Josh, there's been home runs over the last five years. and the five Five years prior to that, with, of course, the Andrew Luck on the front end of it, teams were just terrible when it came to picking number one overall. So that's what I think adds to the fascination of tomorrow night, but I also think that has a lot to do with just how you feel about the NFL and the draft in general, right? You're you're not drawing in a fan of – well, the numbers are going to be higher, but you're not drawing in the casual conversations amongst people whenever that debate is Aiden Hutchinson or (laughs) probably a kid out of Georgia you've never heard of or an offensive lineman out of Alabama that you've never heard of. It's just, it, it doesn't generate that same buzz as if it was a couple of quarterbacks or a slam dunk in one, and then it's a guy that can be promoted through the whole draft process.
1: Yeah, basically, just listening to your discourse there on our friend from South Carolina, Jadavian Clowney. Basically, my takeaway is hey, Jacksonville, don't screw this up. Get, <laughs> get it right. You know, whether it's Aiden Hutchinson, whether it's Trayvon Walker, whether it's Kayvon Thibodeau. You you bet. You know what? And they're not going to draft a kid out of Purdue, but maybe that is another guy to keep an eye on, too, a little bit later down the board. But out of those yeah. top three, oh, man, you better make sure you've got the best one out of the three.
0: It's tough. Trayvon Walker, really good. Aiden Hutchinson, owner wants him. Who Some would big you selling take? piece. Um, I know this sounds weird, but I think I'd still take Kayvon Thibodeau. (laughs) I don't think that's weird. I just – I don't know what it is, dude. There's something about a guy – this is total dork talk. I accept it. There's something about a guy that at every level has been the best player. And (laughs) when he was in high school, he was the best player in high school. When he was in college – and I know he battled injuries, but come on. He was one of the best players we've seen when he was on the field as a defensive lineman. I just, I love him. I think he's a freak. But see, there's questions there that maybe I'm a sucker for a highlight, right? There's questions there with him that you just can't answer. And the concern is, it's funny that you brought it up, Jadavion Clowney. The concern is, what was the knock on Clowney? All the athletic talent in the world. Does he really love football? and we came to find out no he he really doesn't but he's good enough at it to where he's going to make a lot of money doing it and that's the question around Thibodeau. and i don't know if it seems to me to you oh gosh i i'm in this josh you're in this you're in this draft uh, 10 tin car pileup that you've caused yep, we're so in just the sit deck. down sit down don't answer the phones and just go with it um but i can't help Whenever you get into these situations where you have a dude that you know is a star, Kayvon Thibodeau's a star, it reminds me a lot of the one bad interview that Kyler did with Dan Patrick Mm -hmm. and how even even to today when you hear people huffing and puffing about why Kyler doesn't deserve this or why he shouldn't do that, I mean, it's like, Bullet point number three in their complaints about durability and him being too small, and then number three, and oh yeah, remember that interview, draft week, and you're like what? He still went number one overall, but it's just this what's going on with Thibodeau right now reminds me so much of that. So much. To where he had I, I think it was like one setting. He did a it was a podcast. And he, he, everyone took from it that he just, beat on not like football. He's not passionate about football. You're like, wait, what? So, again, we'll see how it plays out on Thursday night. But if I'm the Jaguars or the Jaguars or if I'm Jacksonville, it's Kayvon Thibodeau all day, every day. And if it's not him, it's Evan Neal. I don't, dude. I like Hutchinson. I don't love Hutchinson, and I know you love him. But there's certain things about watching what happened to him in their semifinal game. It kind of concerns me just a li- little bit. Kind of makes me a little bit worried about things and what Georgia was able to do to him.
1: I don't think it's the craziest idea if they just go with one of the offensive tackles, number one overall in general. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if they, f- if Jacksonville feels more comfortable with, you know, just take your pick of the offensive tackles that would be available at the top of the draft, whether it's Evan Neal or the kid from North Carolina State or Charles Cross, whoever. Probably, I mean, Trevor Pinning. I don't think there's, they're probably not taking the Northern Iowa kid number one overall. But hey, if if you feel better about that than making a decision on Hutchinson or and Kavon Thibodeau – It's not necessarily the craziest thing ever, especially considering you've got a quarterback you just drafted, number one overall in Trevor Lawrence, that could use a little help.
0: All right, draft talk pause. we got breaking news. When we come back, let's talk about Ross Dellinger's report. Immerse yourselves in it and let's prepare to get educated. The NCAA transformation leaders revealed radical changes to college sports this week. The unofficial concepts eliminate scholarship caps in equivalent, uh, equival, equivalency. Say it slow, plank. Sports and abolish limits on number of coaches sending such division decisions to conferences. Um, in this sweeping deregulation, the concepts eliminate bylaws to mitigate risk of litigation and afford power schools more financial freedoms. We'll read up tell you what it means for OU next right here on the ref. Uh, all right, we we only have 4 minutes here. 4 minutes to try to recap something that would and will take us all day. We may we may see if Ross can join us. But the NCAA whenever went through the process of realizing that it's quickly becoming an event planning organization, right? That's the NCAA puts on the big dance. The NCAA puts on the College World Series. Is is tennis championships. Track and field does a great job, but from the per- perspective of eligibility and enforcement, it was. I mean, you correct me if you think I'm wrong. It was eligibility enforcement. NIL it started to realize okay there's we're, we're we need to focus on what we do best which is not enforcement eligibility and it sure as heck isn't going to be NIL and the rules around it and so i don't know we looking like june last year maybe even later maybe it was september everything runs together they decided that they were going to have a get a committee together to look at the long-term viability of the NCAA and what it could be, uh, what can be done differently to help the NCAA and its member organizations, what could be the role of the NCAA going forward, and also more than anything else, how can they continue to transform college sports? So essentially the idea, and we'll go in depth when we come back, is that, Every baseball or softball player could be offered a full scholarship. There would be no scholarship limits. There would be no limits on a coaching staff. No longer could you say in football you can only have 10 coaches. You could have unlimited coaches. The transfer portal would only be open for three months out of the year, and the recruiting calendar had no evaluation or quiet periods. Those Those were the bullet points. Out of this, think about it.
1: Think about it. I could tell you that there's not a lot of coaches that like that last question. And what if the recruiting calendar featured no evaluation or quiet periods? No <laughs> days off. Yeah, no indeed. days off. Indeed. No days off.
0: <laughs> All right. Hey, think about it. Marinate in it. Let's talk about it next. Take your calls on it too at 3299,000 or. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Plank Show is live from Cavens before we hit the road to Kansas City right here on the ref. Okay, for, first off, welcome. It's the Plank Show on a Wednesday. We're at Cavins today. CavinsConstruction.com. I'm sorry, I've watched the replay of the Ja Morant game-winning bucket a thousand times and I still I still get pretty pumped up every time I see it and I'm, <laughs> you know I think of Kevin Swindell when I think of the Memphis Grizzlies he's like the biggest biggest Memphis Grizzlies fan on the planet love that dude um, most consecutive po- uh points to close out a playoff game at age 22 or younger the last 15 years LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals had like 25, and then John Morant last night is awesome. But we'll get to that in the top five stories of the day. Uh, we are getting set for a road trip. I'm on the road tonight to get with the Sooner softball team, uh, and then we'll play Thursday against Kansas City. Travel to Lawrence to take on KU Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The weather looks like it's trying to be a little bit of a bee this weekend, trying to be a bug in our bun, however you want to put it. And I don't know if we're going to get to play all three. I don't know if we're going to try to put two on Friday, but it looks pretty dicey for for Sunday in Lawrence and a little dicey on Friday. But we'll see what the Sooners can get done on the road in Lawrence this weekend. And relatively slow start on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. But uh, this was interesting before we get to this NCAA story. The NFL needs to do a better job on spreading out franchising. Florida has three teams. Texas has three teams. California has three teams. Three, straight, uh, three states have three teams. That's nine, meaning six other markets could be added to the NFL. I, I What's the Stephen A. Smith meme that's made, that made, has made the round for years? It's a gif, excuse me. It's, we don't care. That's that's what the NFL would say to spreading out franchise. Oh, we need to get more states involved. <laughs> we don't care. They got how many cities now? Do you look at that have two teams? L.A. didn't have the NFL like five years ago. Now they've got both the Chargers and the Rams and the defending Super Bowl champs. I mean, neither New York team actually plays in New York. But you the Jets and the Giants. I mean, it's they 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 don't care about spreading it out. Now if they Bills. did be be good. But, well, I'm sorry. Did I not the Bills. Three teams,
1: and and somebody uh, texted this actually on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, which let's get it going, peeps. Yeah, it's five, Very, slow today. I'm very disappointed. Uh, this- draft
0: talk not doing it today, Josh. Not
1: doing it. <laughs> oh, there will be draft talk though. Uh, this texter says three states have three teams. That's nine, meaning six other markets could be added to the NFL. If you only had one team in those three respective states, say yeah. in California, in New York City, and I believe what Florida.
0: Correct, correct. They don't care.
1: Yeah, they don't care. We don't now.
0: Care. When they will, they will care, Josh. If you get into a situation and one of those teams. Cities, Did I say that right? Yeah. Doesn't want to build them a new stadium. Kind of like what we saw with, who was it? Buffalo? A couple years ago when they started to float the Austin possibility. Boy, that would have made that
1: last texter's head explode. Put a fourth team in Texas. Let's go. Well, and we saw it with the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, how long did right. that little political battle shake out in front of our eyes? And ultimately, guess what? They're not in Oakland anymore. They're in in Las Vegas the Raiders are. So,
0: yeah, and and by the way, it's looking like as well Josh, there might not be a baseball team in Oakland much much longer either. Not um not good. Did I say four teams in Texas? Sorry, three teams in Texas, my bad. If if So there's four four states there. that have three teams. Right. That's a great trivia to kind of play through. I would have never got New York. I'm not going to lie. What do you mean? Three. Oh, the bills. But technically the Giants Jets play in New Jersey. So that doesn't count. Would be the normal response, right?
1: I guess. Yeah. But I mean, come on. They got New York in the name.
0: Did you ever watch that 30 for 30? And I don't even know what it was. Or maybe it was an E60. It talked about whenever the giant. I, I think it was the Parcells one. And it talked about when the Giants had an opportunity to build a stadium in New York. They're like, no, nah, we're good. We're going to put it out here in the Meadowlands. I think we're fine. Just up and basically move the team. But it, it it's a fascinating conversation to be had about, you know, you look at the success of, say, the NBA in some different markets. And you look at a market, and Vegas is a great example of this, and they're there now, that has really committed – you know that's why Nashville is very intriguing to Major League Baseball. I mean, look, look at what they're doing for the Titans. They're going to build them a new stadium, and look what Nashville is becoming. It's an incredible city. Three teams in Tennessee is what I'm trying to tell you. Get Nashville, two of them. But anyway, uh, so keep the air com- air comfort solutions text coming 3439 Yes, I know Texas only has to if they added a third team was my point. I don't know why I tried to put – I was trying to put the Raiders in San Antonio. It was going to be the San Antonio Raiders, by God. Though when I went inside the Alamo Dome for the first time, Josh,
1: it needs a little work, but I could totally see a, a team playing in there. I can't wait to see the you know what the San Antonio Broncos do in a couple seasons.
0: <laughs> yeah, whatever, Texas businessman buys them. All right, major story – Or just really another another kind of tease of things. Let me explain. According to a report from Ross Dellinger, the Transformation Committee, which was a group of high-ranking college leaders, were basically charged with overhauling and modernizing what NCAA governance would look like. Because what have we determined? NCAA, things it's good at, events, for the most part, event planning, things it sucks at, everything else. Uh, but th- th- listen, that's unfair, but a lot of things else. It's considering revolutionary changes some administrators are t- describing as radical. In a briefing with athletic administrators this week in Dallas, Committee leaders revealed ideas to deregulate longtime NCAA bylaws and decentralize such decisions to the conference. Now, can I just, from my experience, just throw a quick asterisk and reminder to this. The NCAA has already done some of this with how they handled COVID. And they basically said everyone gets an extra year of eligibility during that time. But then they put that caveat, right? If if the conferences and schools allow it and are okay with it. Well, then as a conference and as a school, you're like, well, okay. Whenever, you know, there might not be the money in the budget. There might not be the. Uh, well, you're stressed anyway because of COVID. The NCAA started showing its hand when in that instance is like, oh, yeah, then it's up to the schools and the conferences. And what happened, Josh? Wisconsin had to say, hey, um, I'm glad you got another year, but y- y- y'all need to go. <laughs> it's like, listen, this this might look nice, and I'm sorry you only got a half a season, but it, it you got to go. Your your scholarship is up after this year. We can't allow that extra year of eligibility. So there's a little background to show you. The NCA has already put it in universities and and conferences' hands in a very kind of challenging and frustrating way. They made they really threw Wisconsin under the bus, is what they kind of did. So with that in mind, we've already seen a trend. Seen to trend. We've already witnessed this trend become more about empowering the conferences, right? say hey you be in charge of your own regulations
1: indeed and that would make more sense COVID was the beginning of the end for the NCAA as we know it with with COVID going on what it did and we saw that Mark Emmert and the NCAA when push came to shove and you had everything going on in the world what did the NCAA do what did, that's right, they, they, they tapped out. Tapped out. They were not decision-makers. They didn't <laughs> want to be decision-makers. <laughs> they gave those decision-making processes. They handed them back to the individual Power Five conferences and the group right. of five conferences and said, yeah, we're, we're going to go ahead and sit this one out and avoid any sort of uh, lawsuit. So, I mean, that's what a lot of this is about right here is the, the litigation side and just rem- removing any, any possibility – that they have something to worry about. And you know, my initial reaction to some of this some of this here is just the rich gets richer with with this news. If this comes to pass, if this comes to fruition, I'm scrolling down in this Ross Dellinger story. Yeah. And one of the quotes from a group of 5AD, it says, quote, every group of 5 athletic director is like holy bleep <laughs> because they know that if If scholarship caps are eliminated for sports that only are allowed to offer partial scholarships right now, I just think about college baseball over my lifetime, Plank, and you can speak to this too and probably have other good examples to bring, but, you know, I'm from Wichita, Kansas, and for years and years and years, Wichita State, under Gene Stevenson, was a very, very successful baseball program. And, you know, outside of the financial you know, the financial backing that just the University of Wichita State in general had, they were on a level playing field with Oklahoma, with Kansas, with Kansas State, with Texas, whoever you want to pick as Power 5 schools. They could offer the same in terms of scholarships. That's not necessarily going to be the case moving forward for Wichita State, for Dallas Baptist. This, This, for the rich, gives them another leg up. Again, abolishing the limitation on the number of coaches per team. Okay, group of five schools, you're not going to be playing in the same ballpark as Oklahoma, as Texas, as Alabama, as Ohio State, as Michigan.
0: It also also doesn't say you have to have an unlimited number. In other words, there's got to be that caveat that each conference could have different different rules. For instance, if you're in the American Athletic Conference – I'm just using this as, you tell me if you think it's off base, they might say, yeah, you're only allowed 10 coaches still here in this conference because budgetary reasons. And maybe in the in the SEC, it's like, oh, yeah, you can have unlimited coaches, many as you want on the sidelines. But it's just, you know what I'm saying, each conference can set the rules that best fit their establishment, and there's no NCAA Minimum or, well, I'm, and I don't even know if minimum is the right term, but there's there's no limit of how many or how few you can have. But there's also no limit in how many or how few you can have as far as scholarships for, for baseball and softball, which is great. But then also maybe some conferences might say, that's great. Our member universities can't afford just to say, every baseball player gets a scholarship or they a softball scholarships might not might not be in doubt. I'm I'm just vamping here a little bit, Josh, and thinking about it. So a SWAC or a MIAC or someone might have different rules as far as what percentage of scholarship is actually available.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that make sense? In in other words, we see unlimited scholarships and we think, okay, that's great for baseball and and softball, but maybe that's the rule in the SEC and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the Um, who am I leaving, ACC and Big 12, but maybe the AAC is like, "Eh, softball still only allowed 15 scholarships and baseball is only 15 as well because that's kind of how this conference is going to be run. Or would you not be able to do that because it's out of the ether that you you can fund every scholarship and every spot on the team? I don't know. But I tend to think the former as opposed to the latter might be the way that we see that delineation between power conferences and mid-major conferences.
1: You know, it's been long overdue in baseball and softball that you get a full-ride scholarship. So, ultimately, this is going to be great news when that passes. You know, just of these five bullet points that Ross Dellinger shared in this story, the, the limitation on the number of coaches, okay, that's going to be really interesting to follow how all of the power five conferences approach that. How each of the group of five conferences a- approach that, sure. That- that's huge news. The reconfiguring of the recruiting calendar, again, massive news. Implementing closed periods in the NCAA transfer portal, I think everybody across the board would agree, okay, that's going to be good for college sports. The most interesting one, though, out of all of these five, is number three, expanding direct payments from schools to athletes. How that one plays out is going to be fascinating
0: it would it would really take away any guardrails for NIL would it not i mean if i'm understanding but this is a think tank right now we're all in this together on the plank show we're trying to figure out what it means who it helps who it hurts is it a good thing is it a bad thing and that's part of why this story is out right now? So I don't think it's a situation where you can just sit on your hands and not have a thought or an opinion on this. This is something that's going to matter. Now, the the good news for a school like Oklahoma is you're in a you're in a territory budget wise and where you're going in the SEC, where I, I don't I don't know I don't know what kind of effect it has from a negative perspective, right? But then again, there's always got to be a yeah, but side to everything. There, in every, in every decision that's made, man, I could really go for some extra cane sauce. Yeah, but you've already put two buckets of it on the chicken. Calm down. There's always a yeah, but to every great positive situation. And the point in this story getting out, the reason why this was leaked is because they wanted to kind of get a sense as to how people would respond and react to it. I mean, it's it's basically disbanding the NCAA, and it's turning it into an event planning organization. Yep. And it's putting all the power on the conferences, and then it's member schools, which is pretty much where we thought we'd been headed. But I guess from my perspective it it didn't really register until now how all of these sound great but they might not be great across the board because there might be other conferences that look in and go oh yeah no 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 Art, we can't afford that we can't do that i don't know i could be wrong
1: it, it but is we got to have a,
0: it's massively intriguing on what this means for NIL if and exactly defining expanding direct payments from schools to athletes what is What do we mean? I need the dry erase board out, and I need that to be explained a little bit more in depth. Because I look at that, and I think it takes every guardrail off NIL.
1: Mm -hmm. Totally agree. I mean, I think that's exactly what it means. This is, as you laid it out very well right there, this is the NCAA turning into just an event planning committee and organization. You know, you think about the NCAA – they don't need to be the bad cop anymore, right? That's not what pays the bills. Right. Yeah.
0: Um God. no I've said guardrails from day one. I gotta put these text messages down. I'm gonna start fighting people with onto it. There are two things and I and I think I get what you're saying. Like there are no guardrails on NIL as it is right now. But bumpers, however you want to describe it, and I know we got a break. There's supposed to be two main things that NIL can't be, enticement or scheduling time away from your team to take care of NIL stuff. This would completely eliminate that and the facade of it anyway. How's that? All right, quick breaks. 10-21. It's a major topic developing as we speak as it affects and impacts the future of what we love, college sports, college football, college softball, college baseball. A transformative moment potentially here. Oh, my gosh, I just did my Mike Greenberg. The future of college sports hangs in the balance. What will they do? We'll find out next. It's a plank show on the ref. I cannot stopping – stopping. I cannot stop watching the highlights of the Timberwolves-Grizzlies game last night. Hmm. Good stuff, good stuff. Welcome back into the Plank Show, right here on the Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. I, I, you know what, I found myself watching last night, real quick, before we get back into this NCAA future conversation. I found myself watching the MLB Network. I was watching the Dodgers Diamondbacks game, and anymore, I keep forgetting about this. I keep forgetting with the Dodgers and every time I watch them, inevitably, they're going to pull some guy out of the pen that you've never heard of before. Been a solid night tonight in the the mound. Let's go to the pen. And uh, one uh, uh, Martin is coming in. Like, who? Where What? Where did this guy come from? Literally, every week there's a different Dodger pitcher that comes to the game, and I have no idea where they came from. And you think, you're like, oh, okay, well, he was in Oklahoma City just two weeks ago. But... I was up watching the Dodgers D-backs last night. And, Josh, I don't want to get canceled on the show today, but I was all in on some hockey last night because the Los Angeles Kings needed your boys to lose to clinch a playoff spot. Congratulations. And it did.
1: In a shootout They did. So frustrating.
0: Welcome back to the playoffs, Los Angeles Kings. They'll celebrate tonight against the Kraken. But there's your hockey talk for today. Welcome to the Plank Show. All right, 651 651-3439. Uh, off the air comfort solutions, text line. Basically what's happening is it's becoming an NFL farm system. I, I think I agree. But isn't that what it already is? In a lot of ways with college football. I mean, most of these dudes go to college with the idea of what? Josh playing professional
1: football. Sure. Getting to the National Football League.
0: Right. And I think you said it during the break as we kind of immerse ourselves in this story where, again, breaking news from Sports Illustrated, the Transformation Committee, or the Transformation, yeah, the Transformation Committee, committee has considered revolutionary changes that include, but aren't limited to eliminating scholarship caps on sports that offer only partial scholarships. Now I wonder if those softball and baseball do offer full scholarships, but I wonder if this means what I think it means, which is, okay, no longer will they say you can only have, you know, Whatever the number is, 15 scholarships. Number two, abolishing the limitation on the number of coaches per team, expanding direct payments from schools to athletes, reconfiguring the recruiting calendar, and implementing closed periods in the NCAA transfer portal. Um, At least, according to Dellinger, if these concepts are approved, the first three items – would be left in the decision-making hands of individual conferences. So they would determine there would be no overriding committee law that you have to only have a certain number of scholarships for a sport. I love the idea of a close time for the portal. That's been one thing I've been pushing for for a while. But this is just the first step. I wonder... I wonder when Mark Emmert steps down, like what are they even looking for in a president at that point? And what kind of out – I mean, I've never seen anyone leave for a year for a job as president. I mean, just go. What, what are we doing waiting a year for? Get on out. I mean, Bullsby's out in three months.
1: Yeah. Go on. I, I don't know. I, mean- I will be
0: resigning in June of 2023. Well I- – not all of us are guaranteed we're going to have jobs by 2023. Why is he getting this one-year-out clause for him? How much does he get paid per year? Nah, that's a fair point. He gets a lot of money.
1: <laughs> that's why he's <laughs> sticking around through 2023. And I guess if you wanted to make an argument for why would he stick around, you know, you hit on it right there. You're not going to need a Mark Emmert in the future because the NCAAs, <laughs> if these changes go through, the NCAA – they they aren't going to be the tough decision-makers anymore. They're not going to be – it doesn't sound like a punishment entity really anymore. They're sort of passing that on down to the the conferences themselves. So, as far as I'm concerned, the NCAA moving forward doesn't need a Mark Emmert. They just need somebody who's a good event planner.
0: 405-651-3439, that's the Air Comfort Solutions tax line or – you can hit us up at 405 329 That's what True Sooner did, and he kicks things off
3: this segment. What's going on, True? How are you? Dude, this is another byproduct on why – not a byproduct, but it's another really good reason why Oklahoma and Texas went to the FCC. I mean, this is setting them up for, you know, this extra cash that's going to be coming in, triple, in the next eight, seven, eight years. I mean, this – I know that you know, I don't know if they saw it coming or not, but this is just another reason why you're like, man, Oklahoma and Texas have got to be sitting there going, we're we're kind of glad we went ahead and did this now, you know, uh, giving them extra funds for the scholarships and and the extra coaches if it comes if, if it does come to that, uh, you yeah. know and, yep. and, and, yeah, and I I Kelly I was listening to Kelly Masters yesterday talk about this one uh, Oklahoma. The one Oklahoma that's the deal Barry Switzer involved in.
0: Uh-huh.
3: And, and this is off a different subject, obviously, but it's really interesting to hear, hear her talk about because she's the one, that I guess, that's the uh, sports agent, the uh, lawyer uh, on the deal, attorneys on the deal. And, and I mean, they're going to make Oklahoma, I don't know how, you know, how spruced up this is, but they're going to make Oklahoma players actually, I don't know if work is the right word for these deals, but they're going to have to do, you know, uh, Benefits and charities and stuff like that. that it, it sounds like oh, OU players aren't going to be able just to walk in and here's your fifty thousand dollar check like they're doing at Texas, which is kind of like, a good thing too, I
0: think. Well, and and true. I appreciate your phone call. Yeah, we'll see. There, there is. I think that it's good that Oklahoma took its time, um, or at least those. I, I can't say Oklahoma because it doesn't involve OU. But I think it's good that some people across this state that are passionate about Oklahoma and wanted to do something, I'm glad they took their time to to kind of see some other things and see how it worked out for other schools before they jumped. But I do think this is going to be the first of a couple different collectives that are going to be out there for Oklahoma student-athletes. And all, all – you have to do something. I mean, people, you might say, oh, you're getting just 50 grand to go to school there. Well, it might be an interview that you do that gives you know special information to people. It might be um, an appearance, like he said, at an event. Yeah, it's, I don't know what the reality is behind of that, just, hey, you're signing with us, here's 50 grand. But I do know that there's, Obligations, I guess, is the term involved in all of them. That's my understanding. Um, you know, the the one thing, it, a couple people I had talked to, and I've, I've reached out to David Oven about this, but um, I haven't heard back yet because he kind of has become the foremost connoisseur of collective information. But it's it, it's it's a situation where some things the way they're done – might end up being problematic in the long run. Matt Brown wrote around, wrote about it. Gabe Eichert uh, talked about it on his podcast, where, you know, kind of the being set up as a charity might create quite a massive tax bill in a couple of years. But these are all people that are much smarter than me, that understand the financial side much better than I do and have a great plan in place. So, yeah, I mean, that's... True, she's right. It's not. I don't think any places where she's like, "Here's fifty grand. There's your letter of intent. Congratulations." But to bring this full circle back to what we were talking to, Josh, what then becomes the role of these collectives? Whenever there's more of those direct payments, can these become more aligned with the university to where their branding is basically allowed on their platforms and so on and so forth? I don't know. But it is fascinating. <laughs> and if it is working in conjunction with the school, then maybe you do have those situations where the fifty thousand dollars that you get for going there are the one hundred or the six mil is just a payment. It's very very interesting to think about what impact on NIL collectives and arrangements between school and you know basically their student-athletes truly being endorsers and pitch people and instructional people, whatever whatever term you want to put around it where they can make money, what that relationship might look like with this perceived idea, this basically advised idea of what conferences might look like and what the power of the NCAA might look like with direct payments to student-athletes, or at least – expanding what those direct payments might look like.
1: Yeah. The era of <laughs> amateurism wild. is officially dead. In a world where Nigel Pack leaves Kansas State to go to Miami of all places for $800,000 over two seasons and a car, it, it, it's over, man.
0: Ball game. You know, I I haven't heard much buzz outside of just the start of it, so I'm really excited to see how things are going for one Oklahoma. I wonder if now that it's out there, I wonder what it's, I wonder what the response and the passion has been like for it. I wonder how many students, have, student athletes, have signed up, and I wonder if we'll ever know those numbers. Break time. Uh, when we come back, man, there's so much still to get to. Uh, your text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439 your calls as well three two nine nine thousand it's the plank show I don't know how to man I love having inside information I, I'm not gonna tell you not to tell you about where I got from but there is there's gonna be some stuff for y'all coming up here in about an hour from now I think in the meantime none of it involves this NCA story is this just me? I mean, I'm looking on the text. We've got like five texts about it, tops. Um, I thought this would be like a major topic of conversation. I thought everyone would be all over this whenever it broke. Um, I threw it out on Twitter. I was like, man, I cannot wait to see all the tweet replies to this story from Ross Tellinger, and there's like none. And listen, I'm the first one to admit sometimes. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Jesse G the meme machine uh, did did drop us a doozy using the Vince McMahon very popular meme no debt period unlimited coaches universities increasing player payments no scholarship limits I mean I don't is it just because maybe it's kind of wrapping our arms around it is it because it's something that we think should have been done a long time ago <laughs> I mean what is it?
1: Leave it up to debate how many wise things Jason Whitlock has said. But one of the things that we have, we've kind of gone back to on a regular basis that Whitlock said that we both agree with is it's okay to, to wait a tick, to have an opinion on everything. And I do think there's a lot of this today, right now, this morning. I mean, this story's breaking this hour. I don't think a lot of people fully grasp or understand what it means yet. I think that there is there is a moment right now where everybody's, okay, well, what are the ramifications of this? So I think that's part of what's going on. And again, it is massive news though. I'm with you. I mean, this, oh it's huge. This is a totally changing of the guard in college sports as we know it. And that's been underway. that's that's already been ongoing with name image and likeness. And the transfer portal. I mean, the the world of college sports, as we've known it, has kind of already been knocked down for the count. And this is this is the final blow right here. This is the you, you've tapped out. This is it.
0: This is ball game. This is the end. I'm sorry. Um, it's all let's over. See here, what percentage of college athletes become professionals? It's very low percentage. Seventy-five percent are still in athletics for the education. Popularity is driving the bus on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Um, football is what's driving the bus, then, and football's popularity is. And what makes your school more money and what makes you more attractive to student-athletes is, is winning – Winning, developing NFL guys, and now who can pay you the most money? I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, do you think that magically people are going to say, well, because I'm not doing – I'm not going to be in a position where I can be a professional athlete because only, you know, basically 20% of those who play college sports end up as pro athletes that, you know, this stuff doesn't really matter this stuff doesn't really mean that much to me. That's fine, but you're going to be wrong because it's going to matter across the board, even to those that don't play professionally. Because, and Gosh, I keep going back to Gabe. Gabe said it, Josh. He could have probably made more money in, in college than he could have at times there in the NFL just because of how college football players are viewed in college towns.
1: Um, especially at a place like, OU, I mean, when you get to the point that Gabe Eichard was at here at Oklahoma and you have the type of personality that he had even, you know, while in college, you're going to be marketable. So yeah, no, I mean, it's just totally different. And again, the rich just keep getting richer with all of these news nuggets coming out. It's good news for Oklahoma. True. True. It's good news for Oklahoma. Great
0: news for Oklahoma. Uh one more. Okay, now is it just me guilting you in to, to texting the show? Is that what it takes? Pretty much I mean I could be I could be like my late grandma and I could start this show every single day with just letting you know how I've kind of just been sitting around waiting to hear from you, not doing much. Wrote you a letter and <laughs> some of the ah. tweets to let you know what's going on in the show. But if you guys don't want to like write back or be a part of it, that's fine. Dude. Every I miss my grandma every single day and she's my biggest supporter. But every phone call, Josh, started with, well, so you finally took some time to call and check on your granny. Check on your papa. We're okay. I mean.
1: My grandma's thing was always, oh, I know you're busy. Yeah. But it's like, all right, grandma, I I know what that means.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever that sort of thing. Um, One more quick one here. I don't think these conferences will be able to handle all of the legal burden and expense to handle this. Incredible expense for most conferences will put them under most likely. And now what I was just talking about last segment, it's a great point. You know, what what did Bob Bowlsby what did he say about the 4 team playoff and why and even beyond that, whenever they were talking about the expansion from you know, 8 to 12, whatever it might look like. And everyone's like, well, we got to have automatic qualifiers for conference champions. Automatic qualifiers for for those in the Power Five conferences. And Bollesby said, you're inviting attorneys. You're inviting legal problems because that then becomes, you know, truly exclusionary if you're guaranteeing a spot for one group and not the other. Now, I don't know how that changes – Right, it's a, In a non-NCAA world, I don't know what that looks like, but it's a fascinating point. All right. Um, we'll get to, again, new rules appear to be dropping as we speak on the NCAA. Or maybe I should rephrase that. The new role that the NCAA will have or that it's been advised to them to have is starting to come to light. And it's, it's, it's a culture shock. How much of this could be implemented? and How much of this might not be? I think what we more know more than anything else is that the NCA is basically saying, "Hey, these are the rules," and 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 these are who has this is who has the power now. And what's the great Magic Johnson
1: line? I'm not going to be here to worry about that next <laughs> <Right>. year. <laughs> hey, it's been real, y'all. But uh, I'm going to bed. See you guys later.
0: Uh, all right, quick break. It's a Plank Show. Right here on The Ref, live from caven's Construction, caven'sconstruction.com I'm glad this has finally resonated and only took an hour. Welcome to the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Josh and I have decided that every single time we feel like that we've got a banger of a topic and you guys aren't getting involved, uh, I'm going to, when my mom comes to town next week, I'm going to tape her putting me on a guilt trip for something with the grandkids. And I'm just going to have you, I'm going to play it for you guys. It's just going to be, well, I, I mean, I, listen, we, we do everything we can. Um, uh, just just want to see you. You know, I just want to see you. We we come down here. You guys don't come up there very much. We just want to see you.
1: I know. I, I need to tape my <laughs> mom and dad, too, saying, you know, you can stop by the house anytime you want. Anytime you want. Sure would don't, love to don't see it. you.
0: I think what's – my dad and I were joking about this the other day. The problem is if I lived near my dad, I would probably spend way too much time over there. And my wife would be like, hey, hey. What are you doing? Because my dad will watch every baseball game. Like, you want to get with someone that knows about the Cardinals? My dad will sit down and watch every single baseball game. Now, he might have 800 things going on during the game, but he's watched every single game. And I think I would be in that mode. I'm not complaining about it, but I think I could be in that mode. A good question on this NCAA topic today. Off the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. How long will Notre Dame... Remain independent. <sighs> Ooh. Is that from Luann and Davis? By the way, Davis, one of my favorite towns. Um, It's a great question. I would say as long as NBC views them as a commodity that is worth investing in. And I don't see NBC moving away from that. If anything, I see NBC adding to it. I think it'll be interesting to see what package NBC picks up. You know, do they continue to battle with Fox on the Big Ten? Uh, Even though Fox executives apparently are in the TV pitches with the Big Ten and the NBCs and the Turners of the world. Um, But eventually, Josh, they have to, right? I,
1: I don't think it's as far away as we think. And I think it's as simple as once it's somebody else and not Jack Swarbrick, There could be a very different thinking up there at Notre Dame. NBC, obviously, they want to keep Notre Dame, but there's a way to keep that partnership intact and have Notre Dame get an SEC payout, get a Big Ten payout, which there's only so long that they're going to sit idly by and get their independent payout, which is good, but not make the same money as these other powers in the sport. Quick
0: break. We're back to wrap up. Oh, our two's over. Top five stories of the day is next. Hi, welcome back into the Plank Show. I can listen to this all day. (gasps) At blip underscore blip underscore bloop just tweeted me. By the way, the amount of time it took to figure that out, I mean, listen, it ain't good enough, at least give me a profile pic. And you know what? I'll give you a follow just for that screen name alone. But in response, isn't that a great Twitter handle? In response to the conversation about the NCAA transformation leaders recommending and reveal, I'm not, you know what, I shouldn't say recommending yet because I don't know if this is a recommendation or just here are some concepts, re- revealed their radical changes that they want to make to the NCAA. And among those included eliminating scholarship caps on sports that only offers partials. Abolishing the limitation on the number of coaches per team, expanding direct payments from the schools to athletes, reconfiguring the recruiting calendar, and closing periods are implementing closed periods of the portal. At blip underscore blip underscore bloop writes, the rule book will now fit on a business card. Isn't that what y'all want? <laughs> Isn't that whatever. Whenever I see people get mad, I I try to stay out of Facebook groups. There's a couple that I like to follow. I try to stay off message boards. Um, and not because I don't think there's great information on there or that there's there's really good stuff, but inevitably it gets into, I hate Chris Plank, I hope he dies. And my brittle ego cannot handle that. But in every conversation I hear, Josh, it has kind of come from that message board world It is, we're too by the book. We're too followy of the rules. We're doing too. Okay, well, if the rule book is on a
1: business card, then isn't that absolutely perfect, Josh? Isn't that what they want? There's been a lot of folks that have wanted the eradication of the NCAA for a long time, and now you're getting it. And I'll tell you this, too. I don't think the NCAA is going to be putting together the NCAA tournament in, in the short, near future. We've kind of heard rumblings of that. I mean, I just think if if we get to the point where all of this is headed, to where the NCAA, they're not a decision maker. They're probably not going to be in the business of handing out probations and punishments, which, hey, good news for you, Kansas. If we get to that point, then don't you, if you're the Big Ten and the SEC and the ACC and all these big – Power five conferences, don't you say, Hey, why the hell are we letting the NCAA get this big payday <laughs> off this right. NCAA tournament? I mean, what are they doing? What function do they serve for us outside of just organizing the NCAA tournament? I, I look, I, I get it. That's a grand undertaking, and there's probably a lot of people out there that are, you know, the, you know, st- like staff information directors and administrators that if they hear me say that, say, well, hang on a second, Josh, you don't know or don't understand all of the different ins and outs and, you know, T's that need to be crossed and I's that need to be dotted to make an NCAA tournament happen. And I get that, and that's all fine, well, and good. But if you're not in the business of some of this other oversight as it pertains to college sports, I just, man, I just see the light at the end of the tunnel being eventually the Power Five Conference the, the the powers that be are going to look at this thing and say, you know what, why are we not getting that cash?
0: Exactly. All right, well, hey, listen, that's that's big story number five, so let's get after it, Josh, because as we kick off hour three of the plank, Joe, we know this. We are live from Cavens Construction. Uh, spend every Thursday here, but with what was going to be, may still be, uh, travel day, uh, we moved it to a Wednesday, CavensConstruction.com, 405. 405- 573 Numbers for Tulsa and Dallas are on caveatsconstruction.com. Our three of the plank show, as always, is brought to you by.
1: It's brought to us by our friends over at Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Give our buddy Josh Tucker and the crew a call over there 405 703 4245. Locally owned and operated for 30 years, where they guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry.
0: All right. Well, let's let's go there with big story number 5. Number we? 5. So, here's here's the details on what Josh and I have spent a majority of the last hour talking about and it's a fascinating time because we saw Mark Emmet announce that he was going to Resign, retire, however you want to put it, at the end of next year. Done, so done. Now, today, as we just talked about, the NCAA may be changing forever. A committee called the Transformation Committee, which is a group of high-ranking college leaders who have been charged with overhauling and modernizing governance – is considering revolutionary changes that some administrators, as Dellinger writes, describe as radical. In a briefing with Athletic Administration this week in Dallas, committee leaders reveal the ideas to deregulate longtime NCAA bylaws and decentralize such decisions to conferences. Now, you might say, well, why, why would you leak this now? Here's the answer. They decided to share the concepts in an effort to prepare administrators for the impending change that is even more transformative than many expected. Many officials believe Tuesday night's announcement that Mark Emmerich plans to retire is a first step that will be basically in the formation of a new NCAA, which will transform starting at the very top. Several athletic administrators and college sports insiders discussed the transfer committee's concepts under the condition of anonymity, including eliminating scholarship caps on sports that only offer partial scholarships. Number two, abolishing the limitation of the number of coaches per team. Number three, expanding direct payments from schools to athletes. Number four, reconfiguring the recruiting calendar. Number five, implementing closed periods in the NCAA transfer portal. Now, does this mean an end to the NCAA as we know it? I think the answer to that, Josh, is a definitive yes, absolutely it does, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, no doubt.
0: It's it's over, y'all. The run is over. It was one heck of a run for the NCAA.
1: But it'll be different. It'll look different. It will. Who... Which is the final school to get the the whip cracked upon it by the NCAA? Do they get Kansas before <laughs> before all of this officially kind of comes to a close? I mean, do you see there being any sort of punishment arm anymore with the NCAA? Because to me, this is kind of the signaling of we're not going to be involved in any of that anymore.
0: Yeah. This is basically saying... And, and this is me, but to me this is basically saying let's focus on what we think we're pretty good at, and what we think we're pretty good at is these events. What are we not good at? Having the manpower, the people power to be able to go out and to be able to regulate like we should. Empower these conferences because that's the direction college sports is going big news breaking today we'll see how much of it if any is implemented implemented and carried on all right big story number 4 number 4 oh. all right um big story number 4 this made the rounds it belongs in the top 5 stories of the day
4: i remember that day my primary oh. mission my first mission was, was to remind everybody Players, community, everybody at the university, Lincoln Riley didn't invent OU football. And everyone needed a little wake-up call because they kind of slipped into thinking he did.
0: (laughs) I don't care how many times that I hear that, it's never going to get old. And if you listen to this show with any regularity, I'm not a Tebow guy, I'm not a mule shoe snake guy. That's not me. That's not my. That's not my gimmick. That's not my. That's not my gig. By the way, though, the Steely stuff with with what Coward, Coward said about the future of football is pretty funny yesterday. But I think every so often there's just that little reminder. But Bob Stoops isn't saying anything that he hasn't said is what's interesting. Is that made the rounds yesterday when he was speaking? Uh, when he's speaking, and what well, was it, the Oklahoma Congress? But essentially, I. I don't really know if he said anything that was that different than what he already has said consistently, right, Josh? <laughs> He's basically said this is a player program, and it's not about Co- it's not about me, it's not about Coach Switzer, it's not about Lincoln Riley, and
1: it's just kind of a reaffirmation of that, right? Yeah, no, it's just amazing that it was in front of the Oklahoma Legislature <laughs> with the Oklahoma House of Reps <laughs> in attendance. I mean, it's, <laughs> the the idea of Bob Stoops talking about Oklahoma football and just letting everybody know, hey, you know, Lincoln Riley did not invent this thing. We're going to be all right. In the Oklahoma legislature is (laughs) chef's kiss. It's incredible. I love it. Great theater. Do we – I guess maybe
0: I – I guess I said Oklahoma Congress, Oklahoma legislature. Um, I guess I didn't know why he was speaking, but did they just ask him to? But – Was he was he trying to help to push something? I don't know. But I love it. I love it. And I'm not an anti I'm not a Tebow guy, right? That's not me. But I just got the biggest kick out of that. He was Bob uh, Stoops.
1: I guess being being honored for a career of service to the Oklahoma community and success with the OU football program.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: It is cool. I mean, mean, obviously, Coach, you deserve it, no doubt.
0: And we all were here for the subtle, though not so subtle, Lil' Jab. All right, big story number three. Number three. Patty Gasso met with the media yesterday. I hope this works. Please work. And was asked about kind of how she feels about things coming off the weekend heading into uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh come on.
3: Uh, First we weren't quite ready for a double header. It's been a while so um, that was something different for us to feel on short notice. It shouldn't have really affected us. I felt like we came out a little bit flat again and it's almost like uh, waiting to get pushed before we decide we want to push back. I thought the second half of our game Friday was um, much better than the start. And then from there, we just had a, another real, like, wake-up call. And I thought uh, the evening Friday game and Saturday was, was very well played.
0: There you go. Yeah, well, Little Patty Gasso, the opening statement. It took me long enough to fight with that stupid adapter, did it not? Um, I... I would stay tuned to at OU underscore softball because I would think, Josh Helmer, that based on what I'm seeing in the weather forecast, there's going to be some changes across the board this weekend. I mean, let's just – and can we go ahead and take this moment to remind everyone of one core concept on this program? I have never been more wrong about anything anything than I have been in trying to project game day weather in 2022 for softball. I was pretty good in football this year. Had a good run. You know, Toby comes down to me. Hey, let's go down the field. Chris blake has got a weather report. I felt good about what we would bring you guys on Thursday and Friday and what I brought in the pregame. For softball so far this season, Josh, F Minus. 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 <laughs>
1: Not a not a passing grade.
0: Minus. Um, but if you just look at the weather forecast and you see there is a chance of storms most of Friday in Lawrence, and there's a chance of storms almost all day Thursday in Kansas City and Lawrence, that you would have to assume that there would be a shift at some point. Whether it's playing two games on Saturday and one on Sunday, whether it's maybe not even getting a chance to play on Thursday, but it looks it looks dicey in Lawrence coming up this weekend. But we'll see if the Sooners can get three in. All right, big story number two, number two, which by the way, to remind you, we're not we're not big on saying this is the uh, this story is any less important than another one. But in some places, big story number one is what's going on in the NBA playoffs. And how about the back and forth between Minnesota and Memphis last night? It was, in a word, fantastic. Um, You had Anthony Edwards making shots left and right. You had Ja Morant making shots left and right. It was fun down the stretch. Let's see if this one's – hold on, Coach. Hold on, Coach. Okay, let's see how it sounded down the stretch between Minnesota and Memphis. Laughlin, the trigger In comes right into Towns, right back to J-Mac. Bounce pass to the corner.
1: Ant rises for the game time.
0: Three and hits it with 3.7 seconds left. Anthony Edwards delivers. How do you like that? And – so then you have Anthony Edwards tie the game and then John Moran. Brooks the
2: inbound for Moran. He
0: gets by Edwards into the lane at Vanderbilt.
2: Scoots, oh! Scores! With one second remaining. The Wolves have the ball. No timeouts. Vanderbilt for Towns from three-quarter court. Grizzlies are up
1: three games to two.
0: That was pretty fun. That was pretty fun. John Moran afterwards. Can
1: you take us through the last play? Go get a bucket, John. <laughs> <laughs> reasonable can no. you take us through the last play the... go get a bucket job ja. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so awesome so good um three to two as you heard in that series last night it ended for the hawks uses the screen it runs into bam bam
4: Bam's it down for two
0: yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it was kind of the grind of the season, but it just seemed like things never really materialized this year for the Atlanta Hawks. They had a couple of injuries, but they're done. So my Miami will move on to the second round of the NBA playoffs where they'll take on Boston. The Grizz up three games to two. And speaking of jumping up three games to two, the Suns did last night with a one twelve ninety seven 97 win over the Pelicans – whose beak can hold more than its belly can. Tonight, three games. Sixers looking to avoid a potential game seven against the Raptors in Toronto tonight at six, followed by Suns-Pelicans, back-to-back nights. Uh, and then, and then, the Mavs and the Jazz at 9 o'clock on TNT. It's TNT.
1: Miami, by the way, set to take on the winner of Philly-Toronto. Did I,
0: did I say Boston? You did. I'm sorry. Boston awaiting the winner of Milwaukee-Chicago. Thank you for the correction. Big story, number one. Number one.
4: Number one.
0: Number one. Number one. All right. Um, it's 11:21, so let me break. But in my world, the draft is always big story number one. And yesterday, Jerry Jones met with the media. And, Cowboy fan, I think you'll be interested to hear what he has to say about the future of Dak. Plus, um, I've got projections for our Oklahoma guys. I went through all the seven-round mock drafts, including finding a seven-round mock draft where Gabe Berkich got drafted. Let's go. It's a Plank Show. Trump.
4: Some nights I wish that my lips could build a castle. Some nights I wish they just fall off. But I still.
0: Does that make me a bad person, Josh? Oh, you didn't have me in queue, did you? Either that or you're fighting the phones right now.
1: No, I can. You want me to tell you exactly what's going on?
0: Uh Uh-oh, what happened? Yes, I do. You know me. I'm nosy. I need to know everything.
1: (laughs) Indeed. Norman North head girls soccer coach, Trevor LaFoon stopped into the studio to say what's oh, up what's
0: up Trevor LaFoon which
1: I can actually we, pull a Pat Jones with you too I I know their playoff destination but I can, can't uh, share I,
0: it. I ain't gonna tell you about it. I mean I know I mean listen I they tell me everything I ain't telling you about it so no, who I mean,
1: wanted no, to get coffee
0: <laughs> I'll tell you off of here.
1: <laughs> oh I see yeah it's not an on-air conversation I've had a
0: I've had a couple of different options this week of people that have reached out and said hey man um Love to hang out, love to catch up. And you're like one of them you're like, okay, that's cool. The other one I'm like
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Do you want to actually
0: of- actually I think there's there was a third but that that ended up just kind of not materializing. There's a lot on my plate right now, Josh. You know, I've got um I've got this trip to Kansas City coming up today, allegedly. Uh I didn't have to travel from Kansas City to Lawrence, Kansas. I've got actually I've got three draft shows now.
1: I still owe over the next your few birthday days a uh, dinner.
0: I still am oh, Excuse me, maybe I'm not owed a birthday dinner. <laughs> and on top of all of this, I haven't properly updated the Big 12 Men's Championship golf scoreboard today. I was so juiced whenever I got in here today to to get into it because Toby was talking about it, and Toby's a big golf guy.
1: They're on fire right now.
0: They are. Oklahoma's rolling. They're 11-under on the day. They have a six-shot lead. Well, I mean, if they're if they're 11-under and Oklahoma State's 7-under uh, on the day, then you get an idea of just how good it's been. They've got a six-shot lead. They're through 4-7. and seven. And uh, if they keep rolling, they're going to win the Big 12 championship up in Whispering Pines Golf Club. It, up in, down in Whispering Pines Golf Club. In Trinity, Texas.
1: And they entered today, Oklahoma did, one stroke behind Texas. And now they've they've widened their lead to eight strokes over Texas. OU's 11 under for the day. uh, And there's six shots, as you mentioned, in front of Oklahoma State. So, hopefully they can – but they're just getting going. I mean, there's so much golf left They're Still on holes four through seven, Oklahoma is. And Oklahoma State's a little bit in front. Holes eight through 11, so – they got to – the Cowboys did play out a little bit in front of Oklahoma. So, we'll see how it shakes out. It's ex- exciting. Right.
0: Hey, let me um, let me quickly get this update in here before we pay off some of this Jerry Jones sound. Congratu- well, I can't congratulate anyone yet. Um, Texas has struggled a bit, as you brought up. They're 2-under out of the gate in this round. Oklahoma's 11-under. Uh, they're rolling. They're absolutely rolling right now. We'll see if they can keep the uh, edges – Welch and McAllister both had birdies on their last hole. (laughs) This is unbelievable. Um, We are not traveling to Kansas City tonight for softball. There will be no OU softball game tomorrow night against UMKC. Or, as they call themselves now, Kansas City so what does that mean means we still could have come here on Thursday (laughs) and not thrown off my internal calendar all day long but it also means that mother nature is going to play a major role this weekend so Thursday won't happen uh they're about to release it at OU underscore softball and uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to play on Friday This is me personally. This has nothing to do with any conversations I've had with anyone at OU. I would imagine that we're going to end up playing two on Saturday or two on Sunday. But, listen, there's been times whenever – I think this is my third trip to Kansas since I've been doing games. There's been times whenever we've gone up there, Josh, and you see the forecast, you're like, no way we're playing, and you end up playing three games, no problem. Surprise. (laughs) Surprise. Without any trees, all the weather has blown through. Um, I'm being a smart aleck. I'm just joking. But who knows? You know, maybe the rain comes a little bit sooner and it's just cost us this game against the Ruse, and it doesn't end up affecting anything else. But as it stands right now, um, we're not making the road trip to Kansas City this weekend. I'm sorry, 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 sorry today. We're still making the trip to Lawrence this weekend. Got real excited. I was like, we get the weekend off. Let's party. And by party, I mean eat ice cream cake that's left over and go to bed before 10 o'clock. That's my pretty, idea of a party. Sounds
1: pretty dang good.
0: So, again, I don't know. I don't know what the conversations have been like between Coach Casso and Jennifer McFalls. I don't know what uh, Toby Baldwin and their administrator have talked about. But it... I would assume that it's going to be tough for us to play on Friday as well. But we'll see. We'll keep our fingers
1: So closed. maybe a doubleheader mixed in on Saturday or whatever? That's what I'm
0: thinking. That's what I'm thinking. But as it stands, it's kind of weird because, you know, you have this non-conference game that was scheduled for tomorrow that then segues right into a conference series. So it's two completely separate entities and in two completely separate cities. But – cities that get the same kind of weather, right? Kansas City and Lawrence. Usually you don't have to get too carried away and digging too much to see how different the weather forecast no. is for both of those areas.
1: Overland Park, Lawrence, Kansas City. Yeah, it's it's all gonna be the same. Hey, you want to uh take a phone call here before we hit a TL? Yeah, I was
0: gonna get some Jerry Jones stuff and read some text, but um with this breaking I figure let's get some calls. Lead the way. Where are we going?
1: We've got Bill or William, like Bill. Bill. Good morning. What's on your mind?
3: Good morning. Uh, isn't it amazing how some of the naysayers about Brent and the OU program have shut up since we turned out with seventy-five thousand people at the spring game?
0: Okay, so some of the I had a naysayers converse-
1: on two four seven have shut their mouth and kind of started well, saying that, that they favor Brent.
0: Well, I think the naysayers are at two four seven. Is, is that Bud Elliott? Is he 247, Josh, or no?
1: That sounds right.
0: I, if he's not, I would say most of those people have shut up because Teddy shut them up. <laughs> I think basically he's kind of looked at him and stared at him. He's like, quit being dumb. You're dumb. And they're like, oh, yes, sir. But I, I, I've never understood this from day one, Bill. And I was on yesterday in Alabama, and one of the hosts was Greg McElroy, And he used a term that I thought was a little bit unfair. It was like, oh, the media like fanboying for Brent Venables. And I'm like, nah, I don't say former players are media fanboying. I think what they see is a program, Bill, you know it, Josh, you know it, that was just under – attack from the national media. They really was. Yep. I'm not being melodramatic. It really, truly was. Oh, Lincoln Riley's done. They're done. They're finished. It's over. Then all of a sudden Brent Venables comes in and while everyone is still lauding Lincoln and the higher at USC, that's fine. No one's on the inside and seeing what this man is doing here. They're too busy going, oh, well, he's a coordinator. He's never been a head coach. They haven't dug into Thad Turnip's seat and realized the difference he's made. They haven't paid attention to Todd Bates and Jay Vlai coming here. I mean, it's just it's laziness because... Jeff Lebby. Jeff Levy coming here, Dylan Gabriel transferring here. Yes, I think it. I think it caught a lot of people's attention and made them dig a little deeper. To okay, what's um now some are going to be smart alec trolls and always say, "Well, that's just you showing up because there's nothing else to do in Oklahoma," and that's fine. But in the end, it I think it's opened a lot of eyes, Bill, to dig a little deeper as to what's going on here.
1: Well, you know, I think they're going to make them really pro if we can keep. If Dillard can stay healthy, I think this team can win 11 games. They'll have a chance. No doubt. All right. If they hey, can thanks, stay I healthy, preci-
3: yep. I think they can win 11.
1: Appreciate it, Bill. Have a good one, buddy.
0: I keep forgetting about that delay. Yeah. Sometimes. Yep. My yep, bad. Yep, 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 I apologize. am yep. oh, sorry, not tonight. Tomorrow night. I'm trying to be on top of things here. You
1: know, the <laughs> national media, they want OU to fall off don't they there's a faction of them that for whatever reason is it just they're tired of Oklahoma they want to be right I mean what is it what why is there the Stuart Mandel getting into fights with Oklahoma fans faction out there
0: because I think they see the interaction they can get um I think they see the response. I don't – I think Bob Stoops was on to something yesterday uh, whenever he spoke to the Oklahoma legislature. Legislature, excuse me. I think he was on to something. And I I, I think Lincoln Riley is going to do great things at USC, but I also think Oklahoma was doing great things before he got here, and some people forget about that. And to his to Lincoln's credit, man, OU football was Lincoln Riley. Right? The the cars, the pick, the recruiting pitches, it was it was the Lincoln Riley offense, man. And understandably so. Now you got a guy that you know, comes in and says, culture, culture well that's not that's not sexy. <laughs> But you've got this whole lincoln rally mindset, and what you perceive is his vision and his plan. And it's just like, well, there's no way Oklahoma can still be good. And
1: to That's- be fair, Oklahoma didn't hire Bill Belichick. So, with that in mind, clearly <laughs> this thing wasn't going to ever work out. You know, we've discussed this before, but if Britt Venables goes to Auburn, the national media are jumping head and heels all over themselves of what a great hire it is. It's just – fascinating that it's not been received that way by some all right quick break uh,
0: we're back with uh, a little news and your air comfort solutions attacks which are amazing um a lot of really good texts to get to of the air comfort solutions text line 405-651-3439 real quick before we get to those though let's get to greg 3299000 good morning greg what's going on man
4: Compete barbecue. How are you?
0: Hey, man, how are you, Greg? Good to hear your voice.
4: Hey, I'm doing good. Man, listen, I, I apologize. I haven't got anything to you yet. I'm, I've been really busy and doing a competition, so I'll, I'll get you some barbecue up there in the press box soon, I promise.
0: Dude, listen, I, I'm fine. I'm just grateful with how incredible your run has been. Now, don't get me wrong. I get a little bit jealous when I see some of those pictures you send and the ribs that you uh you might be smoking or some of the chicken you're working on, but I appreciate you dude. It's been pretty fun to follow this team this year, hasn't it?
4: I, I, absolutely. And and that's one of the things I was I was calling in about. Um, you know, by the way, I'm going to Kansas for a competition this weekend too, so I I've been monitoring the weather myself, so um nice. that should be a lot of fun to cook in. Um <laughs> Um <laughs> With that being said, what I wanted to say is is, as as an OU fan, especially an OU softball fan, can we just take a moment to to realize how lucky we are not to only have a great university to root for, but what Patty Gasso said this week about mental health with student-athletes. As fans, we don't always get to see or we don't always know what these student-athletes go through on a day-in, day-out basis. We only see what they do on the field. Um, And I know that mental health over the last couple years has been – you know, at, at the forefront with COVID and what everyone in this world has dealt with. But, um, you know, her words this week was, was very profound and, and just, you know, really take a step back sometimes when we criticize players or, you know, talk about what they do on the field to understand that there are still very, very young adults that are developing and, and we only get to see what they do on the field. And I just think we're real lucky as a university that all of our coaches, but the university also really has something in place to help our student-athletes. And so just wanted to throw that out there and, and mention that because I don't think that's talked about enough.
0: No, hey, Greg, I really appreciate it. And, hey, good luck this weekend, man. I'm, I'm pulling for you. You know you're one of my favorite humans and appreciate your phone call. It's a really good point that he brings up. You know, that's been some. oh, I'm sorry. That's on me. Me like too to because I
1: up. hit the off button. My bad.
0: I really like it. Team uh, – the compete team barbecue crew. I retweet him a lot on my Twitter feed. You know, you think about you, how great of a dude is Greg, right? How great of a dude is Greg? His trailer got stolen, and he still came on the show. And we're like, no, dude, you got to take care of it. Found the trailer, ended up donating some of the money he had made from the sale of his of his goods. I mean, he's just a salt-of-the-earth human being. I love him to death. Um but it's is right you know this is such a different era and I think it's hard for some old school people I'm and sometimes I'm in this group oh man, I'm so in this group where I'll, just as an example you know you'll see people that will fight about paid internships right or they'll fight about paid jobs and and, and this and how college student I'm thinking to myself that's great that's all I'm so happy we're making that stretch but I had to work a double shift at Applebee's in order to make sure that I could work my TV uh, internship. Was it right? No, but it's part of learning. I had to work for minimum wage as a board op because that's what the starting pay was. And I think, you know, so in my world, in the way my mind works, sometimes there's that old school mindset where you don't stop and realize, you, know, you don't have to destroy yourself. There's got to be a point where there's self-care that's involved. And sure, is there a toughening and hardening of people when they go through things? you bet. It's not immediately tap out. But, there's also issues that Oklahoma and many others have taken very seriously when it comes to that mental health and the challenges and the struggles that can be out there from the day to day demands. To where old school people, oh, you work through it, tough through it. Deal with it. No, it's it's, it's not the right answer, and it's not the way to go about it. So, yeah, I'm so pumped and so happy that it's a point of emphasis because it's opened my eyes as someone who doesn't – who hadn't always thought the right way, I think is the best way to put it, who had always looked at things maybe with a little bit of a of a jaded eye. And you learn a lot from it. So thanks for bringing it up, Greg. I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I'm, I'm glad that we spend time to talk about the importance of it and that Patty Gasso speaks out in support of it as well. Trust me, there's still many out there, Josh. They have the tough it out, get through it mindset and mentality. It's still out there. Maybe it's just me. All right, listen. We owe you one more segment. But I have so much good Jerry Jones audio, Josh. And I'm in such a fight right now. With my adapter that I'm thinking of just sending it to you so Email you can play it. Yeah, it for that'd the be final good. segment. All right, we'll do it next. Plank Show is on the road today. We are at Caven's Construction on a Wednesday. We thought this would be a travel day for Sooner Softball, but the game against Kansas City has been canceled due to the weather forecast in Kansas City. It won't be rescheduled. OU will still play against KU this weekend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for now. So, breaking news: no game tomorrow all night for OU softball. Quick break. We're back to wrap up the plank show. All right, ah, uh, final segment for us. Where did this day go? I didn't end up sending you anything during the break because I started laughing so hard. I'm sitting in here crying. Amanda thinks I'm a crazy person.
1: I, I also <laughs> she, have she's tears
0: like, in "What my is eyes. wrong?" I. We started talking about a scene from Always Sunny, and the next thing you know, I'm I'm giggling and cackling in here, and I'm I'm fighting allergies in my voice today. And Amanda's probably like this crazy person that comes up here every Thursday, then shows up on a Wednesday to throw off everyone's calendar. Is in are just cracking up while we're trying to live our lives and do our jobs. Um, they're focused. They're hardworking. Cavens Construction online at cavensconstruction.com. All right, let's let's leave with a couple of. Air Comfort Solutions text messages. We can hold on to Jerry Jones until tomorrow. Um, I'm going to try. So tomorrow I have to bolt a little bit early. Um, I when And I say this, and it's pretty cool. I've got some NFL draft responsibilities, people. Big time stuff. Um, but – I think I'm going to try to talk to Coach tonight, maybe, Coach. Uh, And then that way we'll have it for you tomorrow. Plus, Joey's on with us tomorrow at 11. Are you good? Uh, TJ said you might have something tomorrow. You got golf show responsibilities or high school? Are you good?
1: I think I'm good. Yeah. No, I I should be good. TJ and I will – TJ, are you hopping in with me? That's We're a, working through. That's that, a thumbs up. Okay, so yeah. Oh, yeah, was we'll, it a thumbs up?
0: We'll be good. Oh, dude, come on, man! You got the dynamic duo of TJ and Josh, and then as soon as this show's over, do you know what that leads right into? Lunch. Let's go. So, uh, we I got you 9 to 11 tomorrow. And then it's kind of like the old school feel for me. Then last hour for TJ and Josh and Joey Helmer, because Joey's coming. Joey still coming on tomorrow, right? He better be. <laughs> You should just do the show from your couch. Hey, here I am. Um, okay, so off the air, Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, they want OU to be bad just as much as they want Texas to be good, and it's hilarious, speaking of the national media. Um, what does attendance at a meaningless scrimmage have to do with how successful BV will be with wins and losses? Zero. Uh, fair point out of the 918, but
1: I actually, man, that's a, that's
0: a pretty I actually, negative way uh, to look
1: at it. I actually have an answer for that. Go ahead. It's going to help recruiting, which is going to help with wins and losses. I mean, that was a wow-type environment that Oklahoma created for a spring game. That didn't happen anywhere else. It was, it was sort of duplicated by Georgia, and Nebraska obviously had a really nice turnout as well, but nobody can say that they topped what OU did. And so, no. look, that matters. It, it does. Now, again – is that an X's and O's, X's and O's coaching for Brent Venables? No, it's not. And and I understand the texter's point that look, let's let's slow down a little bit here on the hype machine and let Brent Venables coach a game before we crown him the next you know Bud Berry or Bob. I I get that, but uh, to act like it doesn't matter, it did matter. Yeah, oh, it mattered. It 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 mattered quite a bit
0: because it shows a program that is. It's, it's a rolling baby and then let's see uh two more here the SEC is way ahead of everyone else concerning ignoring the NCAA <laughs> they've been paying athletes for a couple decades when everyone catches up they'll still be way ahead Jimbo Fisher said it a few months ago they've been paying players for years now it's legal I think the I I, I think the best way to put it is what do you say? We had nil before there was nil, wasn't that the great line from from Jimbo Fisher? Oh, we had nil. We had nil for years. <laughs> um. Oh gosh, hold on, hold on. It? Okay, one more. The NCAA will still be getting two billion dollars for the NCAA tournament for the basketball tournament. See, that's where I'm unknown about what that next era of the NCAA looks like if it's not a rules organization if it's not uh, an eligibility organization if it's not a governing organization then how do you disperse that money that's sent into the NCAA tournament because listen I love putting on events but you don't need two billion dollars to put on an event (laughs) that's there's some of that credit for that that needs to be given to the the, the the teams and the conferences. But that's a great question. How does that end up? What ends up happening to that financially? Where does that money go? And then one more tweet, text, to wrap the show up, which says it perfectly, from the 918. As Coach Venable says, everything matters. Everything includes this spring game. I will say, when he drops that line, you're like, oh, let's go. Everything matters. How you do everything matters with the intent and the focus of wanting to be the best.
1: Everything matters. Boy, let's leave on a hot streak, baby. Green country bringing the heat to close. Hey, have a good day, Plank. Hey, you
0: and I get to talk tomorrow. I'm excited about that because I get a chance to talk to you. Steely and Thune at noon or next. For Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Great tweets, great texts, great calls. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow with Joey Helmer on the Plank Show.